bald and balding people and welcome back to those bald chicks your favorite alopecia podcast i'm Kristen, and i'm here with Paige, aka sniffles today and the incredible janessa st pierre who is our 10th guest on the bald pack journals welcome janessa and thank you for being here we're so excited so jump us right in and tell us your story Well, hello. Hi, Hi. I'm Janessa. It's so amazing to be here. It's honestly been like kind of overwhelming, but amazing to find more of the alopecia community through the story that I'm making. And it's just amazing because I didn't know about this podcast before this. And once I did learn about it, I started listening and I was like, wow, this is so needed. So I'm like, just grateful to be here and oh, to be talking to you. God. Yeah. You. Oh, that's awesome. Thank you so much. That's such a great compliment. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. Like it takes a lot of hard work and what you guys are doing is awesome. <laughs> but we yeah. so appreciate that. That's yeah. oh, you're gonna make me cry over here. <laughs> I know. <laughs> we can't start that I early. Say, I'm sick too. I don't need any more stuff. so when did you first get diagnosed with alopecia well yeah my journey kind of started in 2014 2015 ish area so I grew up in Vancouver British Columbia Canadian yeah (laughs) are you Canadian as well yes yay so yeah but in my community like where I was there wasn't a lot of other black girls where I went to school and stuff and I had super curly hair and I was in dance so I had a lot of internalized issues with my hair even before I lost it I didn't really love it and I went through trying to make it as small as possible all the time and then when I started to lose it it was kind of around the time when I truly started to embrace my hair and learn how to do more things with it and I got box braids for like the first time again for I didn't get them for years because I was in dance and I noticed a spot when I went away with my family before going away to college at first I thought it was just a braid that fell out I was so ignorant to alopecia and hair loss and I had no idea so I really was like oh maybe a braid just got ripped out (laughs) somehow, which doesn't really make sense. Now thinking about it, I was trying to rationalize what was happening. And then we all do that. Yeah. (laughs) Like even when mine was falling out in the tub, I was like, oh God, it was the oatmeal bath that (laughs) did this. And I was like, okay, is an oatmeal bath really going to do that? Come on. (laughs) Yeah. I blamed it on extensions. I was like, oh, it's just pulling out my hair a ton. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You like try to find things for it and excuses and stuff and, you know, guilt. You try to guilt yourself, like trying to find the things that you did. So that was a lot for me. I was like, oh no, I started doing these hairstyles again. Maybe it was that. But over time, I went to my first year away at college, like end of 2015, start of 2016. And I started to lose my hair in more and more patches. And I was like, what's this? What's going on? And I didn't have my family or my parents there. So it was kind of just going to clinics and like on student budgets and random things and trying to find doctors to help. And I remember just walking into a clinic and walking out and the doctor just giving me a slip that said alopecia. And I was like, okay. You're like, 
That's great. <laughs> it was like no explanation of what it was. It was like, yeah, you have alopecia. Here's a cream. Put it on your patch spots. And I was like, okay. Right. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much. Sorry. Great information. <laughs> It was like, uh, what the F? So I walked back to my dorm, of course, went to my computer and looked up alopecia. Of course, like all of the fears start flooding in and, oh yeah, you know, and yeah, it, basically that's when it started. And over time, over the next like three years, it just started to fall out in more and more patches. And eventually in like a span of three months in the summer of 2018, I think is when it just rapidly started to fall out. And the dermatologist was like, yeah, it's, it's active right now. So like, I go like, dormant. Thank yeah, you. I'm like, Ugh, all these terms, so confusing and not helpful. God. Yeah. So I was like, okay. So I went through the stage, like I lost all of the hair on my whole body at one point and I was completely bald everywhere. And then now I kind of have hair sometimes on my eyebrows and my eyelashes and on my arms and legs, random places that it decides to right. spring up now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I went through the whole stages of doing treatment and stuff, but it honestly got to the point of this is too painful. Like for what this is, I personally just got to this point of this is not worth it for me. I honestly started to feel way better when I stopped feeling like I had to fix myself. And I was just like, I'm just going to try to love myself this way and see what happens. So yeah, that's kind of where I am now. For the last couple of years, I've been going bald. I did wear wigs and used to cover my head with hats and stuff all the time. But now I'm trying to just live my life. That's amazing. We love to hear that. Yeah, I was going to say too, that's obviously where your project came to blossom, really. So was it in college that you thought about it or was it after? It was actually in slash after, like I went to film school. So I did film studies when I went away for that one year, but then I actually moved back to Vancouver because I didn't like the cold and I really didn't like being away from my support systems. So I moved back and there's actually a lot of film work here in Vancouver. So it actually made a lot of sense. So I did a film production program when I came back. And then after that, I started working in the industry. And then that's when I wrote the script, like after school and it's kind of just been in the back burner yeah. for a while now. And then I've gotten this grant, which is super amazing right to make on. it. So for people that are listening, that don't know what we're talking about, give mm-hmm. kind of like a little backstory about what it is and how you came up with it. I'm a filmmaker. I wrote and I'm going to direct this short dramatic film called Hair or No Hair this year. It's going to be out next February, this coming up February. It's a story that's basically about a black woman who was a model and now works as a librarian, but she basically is going through the stages of maybe I should go without hiding anymore. There's the lead up of moments before she decides to shave her head. And there is going to be so powerful for so many people. I just got chills. (laughs) You know, what's crazy is you said that, you know, a podcast was so needed. So is this, there is not a movie. There isn't a story. There isn't even like a short film about it. There's nothing. We have what we have on social media and that's about it. When we came across your page, we were like, oh my gosh, this is going to (laughs) move mountains for people with alopecia because it's so important. 
Yeah, that's why I'm so passionate. Like when I did get the grant, it just revved me up even more because the more and more that I think about it, the more and more I'm like, there is nothing out here. And not just for us, but for everyone. Imagine if there was just a story out there where people can at least just see it, can see how like difficult it can be and how the things that you say can make people feel a certain way. You know, like there's all of these things to it that I just wish people knew about and you don't really know about it unless you like live the experience. But that's why film is a great medium to at least invite people in to see this is how it can be. (laughs) To like celebrate those differences, but also showcase just how hard it is for somebody that doesn't feel normal in society to come out as their true authentic self. That is going to be huge. Yeah. Are you going to be in it? I'm hoping that like we can find somebody here in Vancouver who has alopecia and is black, but at the same time, that's very unlikely. I literally have talked to like casting directors here and they're like, yeah, there's no one other than you. So I'm like, okay. (laughs) Maybe we could also help do a shout out on Instagram to see if we could find. Yeah, that would be amazing. I mean, I'm totally open to it. The only problem is that we do have a micro budget. So it is very low budget and we don't have a lot of extra funds to like bring people in from other places, which is super difficult because alopecia is so specific (laughs) and it would be nice to have that openness. But yeah, anything helps, honestly. Mm -hmm. I need to, and I love being connected to more community members. Where is this going to be showing when it is out? Do you know that yet? Or do you know that information yet? Yeah. So it's in partnership with TELUS Optic TV and Black Screen Office. So it will be shown on TELUS Optic On Demand. And after that, it will probably be shown on like their YouTube page and on their social medias. And then after that, I'll be able to post it on all of my social media and be able to send it to like y'all and the whole alopecia community so that people can see it and watch it one of our questions too which is funny is what made you start advocating and spreading awareness for alopecia but that's kind of your answer right there is to show people that you know it's not just alopecia so many different people have differences and whether you could see them or not this is just going to bring a whole new it's a game changer honestly not just with alopecia but just with differences Yeah. I mean, obviously, that is one of the reasons why you started advocating and spreading awareness. Is there any others? I mean, it's mostly like I just know how important awareness and representation can be in other levels that I'm with this. I see that there's such a need for it, even within like the Black community, within the way people talk about being bald and Black women having alopecia a lot of the time and like traction alopecia and the things that we do to manipulate our hair. And there's just a huge conversation there as well that I'm super passionate about opening up that idea to people like hey let's break this down even within us like a big um, conversation started that's for sure yeah so I'm also passionate about that because like of course before I even got alopecia I still had issues with my hair so it's like it really is a weird intersection that I'm like okay this needs to be talked about yeah kind of perfect timing too because the crown act what perfect timing to have you on here do you do you want to like touch on that because I know that video was circulating online through the hair loss community and how powerful Ayana's speech was about that so what a perfect time to have you on to talk about that too Mm mm-hmm 
yeah, I just like the conversation needs to be had. It just, Absolutely. And this ties into that too. Mm-hmm. In so and like different ways. And like I'm very open about like I don't have all the answers as a person, like oh, as yeah. like one black woman going through this experience. I think that what I really want to show with hair or no hair and with people that can really maybe see the relatableness with alopecia is that like it's okay to not be okay. Like I find that with alopecia and the alopecia journey, it's not linear. It's just so not linear. And like, I feel like once I accepted that, that's when I really was like, okay, oh yeah, let's deal with this. (laughs) Yep. And like with hair or no hair, I really want to like drive home that it's not like all of a sudden, woo, I shaved my head. I'm fine. It's a journey. This is the start. Like I know that for me, I remember the start of my journey. I don't know if it will ever end, but I remember the start. And I want to be able to like, you know, showcase that. That's one of the things with alopecia too. I think it's kind of great to have in the back of your head, like this, this is going to be a lifelong thing. It's not just going to be like one day where I'm like, I'm not going to think about it anymore. (laughs) You know what I mean? Because it's just (laughs) a thing that's constantly there. Obviously there's so many people that have been on guests that have talked about how I know that this is going to be my life. Mm-hmm. Even if they come up with a cure and people decide to take the cure or not take the cure, you are still a person that had alopecia and you are mm-hmm. still an alopecia. And so it's still part of your story, no matter what. So yeah, that's, that's definitely an important thing to keep with you during your journey is this is possibly a lifelong thing and probably will be. Mm-hmm. Sounds exactly. like this film is going to do like so much to showcase all the different levels. And like, I'm stoked for it. Let me tell you. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. I am very excited because I just know that the, a lot of people have also talked about in the hair loss community, like there needs to be more bald people in movies. There needs to be more people with alopecia and not just fully bald. There needs to be patchy people. You know what I mean? Like just normalize it. That yes. Way. Yeah. I yeah. thought about that too. Like this is just opening the door maybe, but like, especially like a filmmaker, I'm constantly just advocating. Why can't that person be bald? Like, right. why can't the main character be? Why can't their friend be bald? Why right. can't anyone be exactly. a bald woman here? Right. Like it exists a right. lot. So it's like, why? <laughs> yeah. Well, when there's 147 million people worldwide with <laughs> alopecia and we barely see them and we all think that when we first get it, that we're alone. Um, hello, we need more representation out there in the media. Yeah. And like authentic representation, Mm. not just pity parties and inspirational porn for other people. It's just like, (laughs) you know, I really hope that there's authentic representation. Oh, 1000%. There should be more movies talking about it. And then there should also be bald people and patchy people in movies where it's not even mentioned. That's yeah. what's going to make it normal too. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just another person in a movie. You know exactly. what I'm saying? Like, oh God, we need that so bad. <laughs> yes. I can talk about this for oh, <laughs> ever. Yeah, forever. Right? <laughs> we got some more questions for you though. Okay. What are the best resources or people that have helped you along with your journey? I really do think it's social media. As much as I don't like it for other aspects, the one aspect that I do enjoy it for is community and the fact that when I got alopecia, I didn't really know where to look or to turn to. I literally just searched it up on Instagram <laughs> and found a couple of people who had it and were posting about just living their lives. And I was like, okay, well, I need to follow you. I need to follow you. <laughs> and like right? seeing people just live their lives more in my eyes really just 
opened my eyes up to, okay, maybe I can do this too. I joined the Baldy movement on Facebook when I was on Facebook. And that also really helped because there was a lot of members and like constantly posting and everyone was so supportive. And I was like, that support system is really what I was like, this helps a lot because <laughs> you don't feel so alone. But even within my family and my people, people try to help. They try to say certain things, but sometimes they don't know that that, that's not exactly helpful. So it really was important to me to find those connections. I found people online and I got to talk to them and really just like being able to relate on things just helped so much. Yeah, (laughs) That's probably a universal that there's like a joke in there somewhere, a universal thought process of all of us in in the hair loss community because universality. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But it's, you know, even if you do have people that support you and your family and your friends and stuff, they still don't get it. So mm-hmm. finding people that do get it and know, like, always think of what Gabe talked about. That was one of our guests. He said he went to an alopecia convention. It was a hair loss convention where everybody showed up and everybody could be themselves on the dance floor. They were themselves. They could whip their wigs off and just be with people that understood. And he said there was a moment where they were all, what was it? Were they water rafting or something like that? And yeah, canoeing or yeah, something. And the wind was going nuts. And they all at the same time, just like held onto their hats or wigs or something and looked at each other and then just started laughing because everyone's like, oh, we know this fear. Like we all understand each other. No worries. And that moment, when he told us that I could just feel how safe that moment would have been for a lot of people. And that's why it's so important to get not only the word out there, but to have more stuff like that, to have it in different states and to have more people come together that, you know, understand each other. And I would love to get together with a room full of people with alopecia and just talk for hours. Oh yeah. Laugh and talk (laughs) and just have my wig off and not hair like that. That'd be the best thing ever. I just, I can't imagine how great that would be. Yeah. (laughs) thing with like, when your short film comes out, when your movie comes out, Sitting with someone with alopecia and watching that would be powerful. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I like, really hope to do be able to do that. Like I right. hope to have a screening and invite the people because like through this experience, I've gotten to be connected with people who have alopecia in Vancouver yeah. who I never knew had it that lived here. Right. So I'm like excited to be like, we can watch this together. Yeah. I can get your feedback on it. It's yeah. It's amazing to actually have people and be around people and experience things with other alopecians. (laughs) Yep. It's a game changer. Mm -hmm. It really is. Like, even if you meet someone for the first time that has alopecia, it kind of makes it more real. Like, you know, you have alopecia, but then when you meet someone with alopecia, you're sitting there like, oh, wow, we really have alopecia together. (laughs) Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, this (laughs) is what brought us together. It's just such a bizarre, surreal moment when that happens. So, yes. I can't wait for that to come out because I would love Me to neither. go with someone with alopecia and be like, I'm ready for this. <laughs> so you ready to yeah. cry together? We can do this. Yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> ready to cry together. <laughs> yeah. I like that. Um, so I know we have like a million more questions and we have quite a few hard ones too. What was the hardest hurdle to jump when it came to your hair loss? I'd say I'm still dealing with it, but I'd say it's like the weird intersection and shame of being a Black woman who can't grow hair quote unquote, like there's a lot of shame that I went through, not really wanting to admit to myself or to anyone that is a reality. 
And I just had all of these preconceived ideas that it was just bad because of that's like how I grew up. And that was what was in my community that's ingrained in us, that our hair is our crowns. And like, you know, if you have to treat it right. And I had all of these fears of maybe I did something wrong. That was the biggest thing was like, I treated my hair badly. And this is why I have alopecia. I didn't treat my curly hair properly. And this is why. Oh, wow. So 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 yeah. powerful like that yes yeah, wow. that's that's really tough yeah <laughs> damn it Janessa damn it I'm sorry <laughs> I'm an <Yeah>. empath <laughs> oh my gosh Emma. that's crazy though because obviously Kristen and I wouldn't know that so that's such a different take on alopecia too feeling guilty that it was mm. your fault that is something else yeah that is yeah it was a lot of that and yeah it was very hard to like And it still is because I still see those sentiments that validate those feelings within my own communities. So it still is something that makes me very angry still to this day when I see it. Because it's like, I'm trying so hard to push through these things, yet I'm seeing it a lot all the time. And with people that I don't expect to feel this way, with people that I expect to be the most supportive and to understand at some sort of level, but it hurts even more when it is people that like look like you. Yeah. Yeah. If alopecia wasn't hard enough to go through, you know, having so many different levels to that for you was probably a lot to go through and just kind of the thought process alone and figuring out like what the heck is going on. Cause I remember when I got alopecia, I just, I couldn't wrap my head around it and I just didn't understand. I didn't even know about it. Honestly, the first time I ever heard about it was when I got it. Mm-hmm. So for you to go through those emotions plus all of that guilt and everything that hey that's why you're making a movie there you go that's right that's right <laughs> you used all of those feelings and everything to make an incredible movie which is yeah that's why i know it's going to be incredible because yeah. you're producing it you're directing it and it's going to have all those feels in it yeah. it's going to just have the essence that's required and i love that 100%. yeah yeah, I'm really glad that I get to like stay close to the story because even within these pre-development stages of talking to other people who don't have alopecia about it, I'm realizing, oh, there's a lot of things that people don't get. <laughs> some of these scenes and some of these things in this story might not make sense right now because you're not seeing it, but it will. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Because it's a reality of what happened. You don't know that because. <laughs> How yeah. powerful is that? Mm-hmm. Right? Oh, that would be tough to describe to someone that's never dealt with it. It's like when you meet someone with alopecia or when you talk to someone with alopecia, you have that instant bond because it's like, oh, we know exactly what we're going to talk about if we talk about anything alopecia. So to bring someone else in, because now that I'm thinking about that, that just sparked so many things in my head because I was Mm -hmm. having people throughout my journey tell me, just shave it off. Like, what's the big deal? Just shave off your hair, the rest of your hair or it's, oh, well, you can wear wigs. You're a woman, so you can wear wigs. It'll be fine. And now I'm thinking like, oh, they don't get it until they have alopecia. Like somebody thinks it's nothing until Mm -hmm. they have it. And then it's something. Yeah, that's exactly what I want to showcase is like people saying those things and thinking it's nothing. But like in the perspective of the person who has alopecia, like everything. Oh, that's right. huge. Oh, that I'm so really excited. Can we come out too. tomorrow, please? <laughs> I know. I just, yeah, I'm so excited. I, yeah, I can't wait to start making it and like updating people on it. And <laughs> that's awesome. be so proud of yourself because this is, this is this everything is we need. Yeah. 
Absolutely. Yeah. One more tough question. What lesson <laughs> took you the longest to learn? I know it's a tricky one. I'm like, I still feel like there's lessons that I need to learn. Um, <laughs> Because I definitely feel like I'm still on the beginning stages of my journey in a lot of ways. I don't know if that's accurate, but I guess the biggest lesson was letting things go, letting a lot of things go, letting the whole fix go, I think was a big one. The whole idea of me having to be fixed, let that go. And that was a big lesson for me because once I let that go, I was in a way better headspace to actually live my life. So yeah. That's awesome. And I love like, I know we say this all the time in these guest episodes, but my God, everybody has a different lesson that they've had to learn Mm -hmm. or different hurdle to jump. It's so amazing just to see like the differences and then be like, oh yeah, that's a really good one. I feel like so many people have that constant thought process of, oh, Like, what do I need to fix? There's always something that you need to fix in quotes because you don't, but that constant societal pressure of, oh yeah, this is what you have to look like. This is what you have to do is so ingrained in our brain. And people don't realize that until they go through something like this, people Mm -hmm. think, oh, just move past those and just be yourself. And it's like, well, it's hard when you have so many obstacles (laughs) in front of you, like, hello. (laughs) Yeah. I literally feel like alopecia was also like forced you, it forced you to do that. Like when everyone's like, oh, so proud of you. So inspirational. It's like, yeah, I didn't really have a choice. Like, <laughs> yep. That's so interesting you say that though, because it's like, how was I supposed to live my life authentically if I didn't come out about my alopecia? Mm-hmm. Like, was I supposed well, to just hide for the rest of my life? <laughs> how was I supposed to survive? Like, <laughs> oh, exactly. Right. I mean, I hid for 19 years under a wig and told the rare person. And now it's like, it came to a point where it was getting so dark that I was like, I can't even, I can't even be in this body anymore. It's not even me. And so then it was like, you know, pulled the wig off, showcased it and was like, oh, well, that's a little better. I always think about the rough patches too of alopecia. I am shocked. I never had a heart attack. Like I, I know that sounds abrupt, but honestly, Going through alopecia and trying to go out with your friends. That simple thing. Going out to lunch. (laughs) I've had many panic attacks. (laughs) Exactly. For hours. Like I would, one of my jobs, I would wake up three hours before I had to leave the house to spray my hair Mm -hmm. and to make sure it looked perfect. How did I not have a heart attack during those eight (laughs) years? Right. What the heck? That's what I think about. There's so many people that get alopecia every single day, every single year too, which is why I don't want anybody to feel that way. I don't want exactly to feel like they are about to just pass out because it's so stressful of a situation. Mm-hmm. What is the most heartwarming thing and the best thing I see is people that get alopecia and instantly go to social media, find people. And yeah. then come out about their alopecia within months. Yeah. And I'm like, I I'm sh- literally, I'm shocked. There's a person actually in Vancouver who I do these dance classes with who have seen me because I, I do these dance classes here in Vancouver called Booty Freedom. They've been nice. instrumental for me and my awesome. like self-confidence. I go yeah. bald every time that I go and get these sexy forward classes. So it's oh, like you just it. get to like feel yourself. But Somebody who goes to those classes reached out to me and said that she's going through the whole alopecia journey. And I was so touched that she came to me to 
be like, hey, what do I do? <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, I'm so glad that I could be here for this person. And honestly, she, she was a boss. She just shaved her head the next day or something. And I was and like, what? I was right. like, I was like, wait, what? And she was just like, yeah, I, I couldn't, I couldn't handle it falling out anymore. And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> I was shocked, but I was like, Maybe representation matters, maybe because there's more 100%. of us out there that that's not as scary. I don't know, but like I was just so amazed. What's crazy too is I got diagnosed with alopecia, I think close to like nine years now, eight or nine years, I'm pretty sure. And during that time, I don't even remember that many people being out about it or like proud of it and just, you know, look at all the Instagram accounts you come across now. I love it. There's Mm -hmm. so many. And I feel like when I first got diagnosed, there was almost none, maybe a few, but then I feel like over the, especially the last couple of years, I would say the last like two or three years, people are coming out of the woodwork because they notice and find out about the hair loss community online and they go oh my gosh people reach out to those bald pics people are talking constantly to everybody in the hair loss community of you know I feel like I want to come out I just got diagnosed a couple months ago and I'm sitting there like what you because it was like that exactly I wish I was okay (laughs) I got alopecia months after I got diagnosed oh all that stress would have just been gone if I did that I know it's so amazing to see because it's saving people a lot of trauma along the way that I'm just yes. like, I am so freaking proud of you. For yeah, it. Which is what your film is going to do. It's going to make people going to see it realize, oh my gosh, she's making a movie about it. I feel completely safe coming out because there's so many people that yeah. have it. There's so mm-hmm. many people that are proud about it and talk about it. And yeah, yeah. it's going to be incredible. The mountains you move with that. And I hope to like put resources and stuff at the end of the film so that it actually is like a resource for people who have alopecia, who people who have friends, who, you know, there can be things that they can go to like podcasts that they can listen to, you know, I'm just excited to be able to share through this story. (laughs) Absolutely incredible. I know Kristen probably has one or two more questions. I'm pretty sure. What's your biggest fear and biggest motivator in life? Hmm. Interesting. In general? Oh yeah, in general. This all has to be about your hair loss. Well, I feel like for me, I'm super, as a filmmaker and storytelling, I'm super passionate about just representation and being able to see yourself. You can't see it, you can't be it. And I think one of my biggest fears is that being a Black woman in film and storytelling, a lot of the time there's not a reciprocated, I guess, care or people don't really see a relatability, but I really hope that that changes. That's a fear that I have that I hope that isn't true. (laughs) But my biggest motivator is also the fact that I don't see a lot of authentic stories being told by people who look like me and like Black women and non-men in general. So I'm just super motivated to be there yeah. in the, the realm of the yeah. thing. And like I, oh man, yeah. is it important too <laughs> for people with alopecia, but for people, you know, that just can connect with you. I mean, what motivates me is to like keep telling stories, but I like to frame black women and non-men as being the main characters. But I also, I want to tell stories that everyone can relate to just like how yeah. I grew up 
relating to every lot of stories of people that didn't look like me because I didn't have the representation. Still didn't mean that I didn't connect to the story and the story didn't mean a lot. And I want people to like be able to see that and to see that humanity within people that don't look like them. I love it. So yeah. It's amazing. That's incredible. Our last question. What is one piece of advice that you would give someone new to hair loss or someone possibly regressing in their hair loss journey? I don't know if this is good advice or not, but I guess don't be too hard on yourself. It takes time just because your confidence may not be here right now. It doesn't mean that it will never show up again. Be easy on yourself because I feel like the harder you are on yourself, the harder it is to get back to that place. That's great. Great advice. It's so important to just realize that this isn't the end all be all. Yeah. Like this could possibly be the rest of your life that you have alopecia, but it doesn't mean it should limit you. I mean, it should stop you from chasing your dreams and doing what you want to do. So, Mm -hmm. and look at you. You're chasing your dreams and making a short film. So I am. <laughs> yeah, great to see. And I know we've probably mentioned this before on our podcast, but not only having the community there, but seeing people in the community do big things. Like I see bald models, I see bald supermodels, I see now I see a bald producer and <laughs> you know, a film creator. And mm-hmm. it's just so crazy. And I didn't have that. And now Mm -hmm. seeing that and seeing people chase their dreams, no matter what, if they're bald or patchy or whatever, and just going out there and doing their thing, it's the best thing ever for this community, especially for people that are just new to this. So very inspirational, but authentically inspirational, not like unachievable, you know, (laughs) like where you're like, I wish I could look like that. (laughs) I try to frame like everything I do in authenticity if I can. And yeah. That's fantastic. So where can our listeners connect with you? Well, you can connect with me on Instagram at Janessa St. Pierre and hair or no hair. Also hair, no hair has a website. So it's hair, no hair.com. You can learn more about the project there and support our campaign that we have going on, but it's for the next two days. So I'm not sure if it's going to be still up when the episode comes out, but you can still learn a lot about the project there. And yeah, Janessa St. Pierre. And Instagram. I'm mostly on Instagram. I'm not on Facebook. Yeah. Awesome. Well, we just want to give you a big thank you for coming on. Oh, huge thank you. Yeah. We found your Instagram and we we're like, yep, absolutely. We messaged each other right away and we we're like, we got to have her on because this is just incredible to see. So we want to say thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much. This has been amazing. I can't thank you enough. This conversation yeah, has just motivated me even more so (laughs) So it's just like it's just amazing so I really appreciate the opportunity and y'all are doing amazing work so keep doing what you're doing you too right back at you you guys know the drill we have our little chick bits at the end of every episode and the one that Kristen found today the actors who voiced Mickey and Minnie Mouse got married in real life Rossi Taylor Minnie and Wayne all wine. Mickey got married in 1991, which is pretty funny. I did not know that. Hmm. Um, I thought it was interesting. I was like, back to Disney. Okay, sure. Yeah, right. Very much so. (laughs) If you guys want to get a hold of us, email us at thoseballchicks at gmail.com or send us a message on Instagram or Facebook. All of the links to everything you need is in our direct me, which you will be able to find in this episode description. Until next time, guys, ball pack out.